You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 126. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're talking about tackling your inbox. However, the conversation I'm going to have with my two guests really isn't about the actual emails that have likely been piling up in your inbox for years. Well, if you're anything like me, that's happening. So let me set the stage for you. One of my students, her name is April Perry, sent me an email and said, Amy, I've gone through your courses. I've had some great success and I wanted to share some of that success with you. And she's created webinars to sell her programs and has done incredibly well. Like the girl is a go-getter and she actually has built her business with her husband, Eric. So the two together are really a dynamic duo. They make working together and being partners in life look really good. Like it actually can happen. They also have four kids and they are busy, busy, busy parents. So I love their story in general, in terms of being able to create this business together. And their whole goal was to find time to be with their kids. So they dramatically changed their business in order to have that freedom. So April and Eric Perry are a great couple just to learn more about. I'll link to their website in my show notes. So you can kind of hear their story if you are in a similar situation where you're looking for more time to start your business so you can be with your family, they're a great testament to that. But the reason why April reached out to me is one, she wanted to share some of her great successes because as a course creator, that's what you always want to hear, right? How people are using your course and getting amazing success throughout what they're doing. But she also offered to come to my house to help me organize my inbox. Now she lives in Southern California where I live. And so it was just a kind of long drive down the highway to come to my place. I thought that was incredibly generous, but she came over and we spent five hours together putting together what she calls a command central. Now I'll let her explain to you what a command central is, but what was so interesting with my time that I had with April was that forever we didn't work on my inbox. It was hours before we even got over to Gmail, which I thought was so incredibly weird. But when she started to explain to me what a command central really is all about and how important that is to get to inbox zero, it all made sense. And I thought, April, I've got to have you on the show. I need you to talk to my audience about what this looks like just to kind of start planting the seed that it really is possible to tame the inbox, which I actually never believed it was possible. So I am happy to say I am at inbox zero every single day. That's kind of crazy, right? And in addition to that, I now have a better system for Asana, a better system for Evernote, and just a better system in general for the errands I have to run, the things I need to do with Cade, the discussions I need to have with friends or family members or things just to kind of keep everything running and humming on all cylinders. She's going to talk about that as well, because as entrepreneurs, we all know that business and the personal stuff can easily collide when you work from home, especially. 
So she doesn't ignore the fact that you have a personal life as you're trying to run your business. And that's included in this command central, which is really cool. So I will tell you that I have had so much relief from putting this together with April. I'm way more productive and efficient. And really more importantly, the space in my mind has freed up considerably. Because April taught me that all my tasks related to projects needed to go into Asana and any emails related to it needed to move over quickly so that I could address them, put them in a special folder and come back to them when needed. Now I never feel like, oh my gosh, what am I forgetting? Or I need to do this. I need to do that. All I say to myself is it's in Asana or it's filed correctly in your inbox to go back to when needed. And that's a really good feeling. So I know that so many different people talk about Inbox Zero, but I really do think April and her husband, Eric, have put together something pretty unique that is very, very easy to follow, but also incredibly powerful. So I've invited April and Eric Perry to come on the show and share with us exactly what it means to set up a command central. And then we'll get into the emails how to organize your inbox, where emails should go, how to approach it every day, the rules to follow so this continues to happen. We'll get into all of that. So I won't make you wait any longer. I want to introduce you to April and Eric Perry. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. April and Eric, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. We're so excited. Thanks so much, Amy. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. It's so great to have both of you on. I love when we can do like a husband and wife team because it just makes it a little bit more interesting, a lot more fun for sure. And I know both of you have a lot to offer into this conversation, but before we get going, can you kind of set me up in terms of what is a command central without getting into all the details yet? Cause we'll get there. <laughs> why a command central? Why so important? Well, I found that in my life growing up, we worked from piles. I had piles of paper on my kitchen counter. My mom had piles on her dresser. We had piles in our bedroom. We would cover our piles with blankets when guests would come over (laughs) so that we wouldn't be embarrassed. And as I've trained people all over the world, we found that this isn't uncommon. Most people live with piles everywhere. And especially when you're working from a desk and when you're working with digital files, those count as piles too. So instead, what a command central is, 
is it's a seamless system in your home or office that keeps track of every project, paper, task, email. I kind of compare it to something like a filter in a swimming pool, where if you don't have the filter on, your pool is going to get full of leaves and dirt. If you don't have a command central, your life is full of clutter and chaos. But when you get that filter working or when you build your command central, all of a sudden, that's what turns through everything on your plate and you're able to create peace and actually wake up excited every morning to tackle your task list. Which is so amazing. I mean, it's an amazing feeling overall. And I just already had an aha moment and we're only a few minutes in, <laughs> but I just realized that ever since you came to my house and we worked together, I haven't had not even one post-it note floating around my Yay. desk wow. where, <laughs> where I could say there's probably been 20 at the end of the week. They're kind of all over and right. not even one. So if you guys That's have awesome. an, a post-it note addiction, anybody listening, <laughs> what we're going to teach you here is definitely going to eliminate at least that, if not all the other piles that I've definitely had as well. Okay. So it. let's jump into it. Talk to me about this command central and specifically I'm going to walk through what I know it includes. And then if you guys could basically fill us in, in terms of why this one thing is important and how it fits into the puzzle. Good. Right. Okay, great. Okay. So the first thing in a command central is a monthly calendar for appointments. Talk to us about that. Okay. So most people have some sort of calendar in place. I always used a paper planner and Eric went digital and then realized that we really needed to come together. So we have a shared Google calendar. A lot of people do that when it comes to appointments and things like that. But what typically happens is that most people will clutter their calendars with tasks or projects or things that don't really have to be done. And so then you spend all your time moving appointments from place to place and moving tasks around and, and spending more time juggling the calendar than actually working by the calendar. So what we want to have is a super streamlined calendar with only the appointments on it that we are absolutely committed to keep. So if you have a dentist appointment, you've got a webinar, you've got something that you have to do, that's on your calendar, but everything else is gonna go elsewhere. We want buffer, we want white space, we want flexibility. So if you were to wake up in the morning with a stomach flu, you'd only have a couple things to cancel and then you could just relax the rest of the day. And I think that type of discipline actually helps you decide which of your appointments are really the most relevant, the most urgent, or the most essential. Yeah. And it really forces you to kind of make some decisions as to what I don't need to do or want to do that day to kind of keep that white space or that buffer. Right. Fantastic. Okay. So that's the monthly calendar. Number two, a to-do today calendar for date-specific tasks. Talk to me about that. Okay, so when you have a monthly calendar to set up your big appointments and things like that, you also need some place to write down tasks that are flexible that need to get done that specific day, but you could do it morning, noon, or night. If you try to block all of those into your calendar, which I know a lot of people try to do, but let's say you say, okay, I've got to pay my health insurance bill on Thursday. I'm going to put it on my calendar to do it at 10 a.m., but let's say you have a toddler throwing a tantrum or an emergency meeting comes up because something always comes always. up. Always. Then you're like, oh, yeah, I don't really have to pay that bill at 10. So then you either are moving it or you miss it because it's somewhere yes, on your Yes, I miss it all schedule. the time when I did that. And then you're like, what am I doing? So instead, you want to have a place to put calendar-specific events. So if you're using a paper system, 
most paper planners have a task list for that day. I would put it there. You and I set up a sauna for you, and I use a sauna for all of my computer tasks. You can easily just set a date and have something that's date-specific. So this is the only thing that you want date-specific in your whole system. You want the calendar that has your monthly tasks and things like that and appointments, and then you want day-specific tasks. Perfect. So I use Asana for sure. And then I have like a little backup and I use a paper planner still. I haven't been able to give up my planner pad. I love it. But but ever since she, Amy, you're not alone. Okay, good. (laughs) Ever since working with April though, what I've noticed is the planner pad is almost like a little security blanket for me. I like to map things out, write a bunch of notes, kind of figure out my day. But once I've done that and I pretty much move it into Asana in my digital calendar, then I'm off to the races. That paper planner becomes a lot less important to me once yeah. I have things in Asana and into my calendar. Yeah, yeah but and to both of your credit, though, just on that paper planner piece, I think you'll agree that this is a place where you're actually the most creative. Your mind starts to open up and you can yes. kind of freely start to design, mm-hmm. sketch, dream a little bit. But then the notes are captured there as you want to move them more into a digital solution to communicate with team members or others you're coordinating with. Yeah, For sure. but there's two common mistakes that we make with these day-specific task lists. you want to hear them? Yes, please. Okay. So first mistake is we put projects on our to-do list. So I would put something like testimonials on today's task list. And that means to me, I need testimonials on my site. I listened to your podcast recently. I'm like, (laughs) I need more testimonials. But when you write testimonials down as a task, that's not a task. That's a full project. Yeah, it's the same thing as on your to-do list for that day, say, landscape the backyard. (laughs) That is just not going to happen. It's a multi-step project, but you're going to keep moving that from day to day to day on your to-do list, feeling overwhelmed. It feels overwhelmed. Disappointed, like, I am not very good at my to-do list. But it's a project. It's not a task. Yeah, so instead what you do is you only put next actions on your task list. And this term was coined by David Allen, I believe. But a next action is that next specific visible activity that will move your project toward completion. So it might be something like email my top 10 community members and ask for a testimonial about my course. Like I could actually do that in 15 minutes or so right. or edit the testimonials I've already gathered in that Google doc. That's a next action, but you don't want to put projects on there. So that was common mistake. Number one, number two is that sometimes on our task list, we write down everything that we wish we could do today <laughs> instead of yes. the specific things that must be done. So, I mean, I started doing this in high school. I had my first planner when I was 13 and I love my planners. Okay, time out, time (laughs) out. We have to say something really fast. Yes, that reminded me. Okay, we have a little segue real fast and we will get back to this mistake number two, but you have to tell people what you told me and what you showed me when you came to my house. This was hysterical to me. Well, and first off, what senior student or what high school student (laughs) ditches one of their days of high school to go to an organization or a productivity type seminar? Exactly. Okay. So what happened was (laughs) I was a senior in high school, Franklin Quest, it was called then, came to our city and did a full day seminar where you brought your planner and you did full training. So I ditched school, went to the training (laughs) and I'm there with all these business people and Tony Robbins is sitting right behind me and I showed Amy a picture of me and Tony together because I had his tape Awaken the Giant within the cassette tape you know cracking back up then. Like, what, 17 I was 17 and he and I are standing ago. there I've got my planner in my hand I mean yeah yes you're I'm very always- proud with the planner in your hand so and both of you are there learning to be more productive together exactly and he's a huge fan of this type of planning like he's really organized so I'm cracking up that you're 17 years old and there you are sitting in this training with Tony Robbins well, the thing is, I loved it. I, I think know, so. It 
how funny. And I love that. But the thing was, here's what I found about my planner. I was really good at calendaring. I was really good at getting all my homework done. You know, I used my planner for everything. But my problem was that I would write down on my task list probably 35 things to yes. do every day. And I would add arrows and forward them all the next day, the next day, the next day. And I didn't know how else to work. But that just left me feeling like I was failing every day. And no one likes that feeling, right? Right. So instead of writing everything you wish you could do today, you're only writing the things that have to be done that day. So by the time you're finished putting your calendar together, you should have maybe just a couple appointments that day and a few things that have to be done that day. But again, buffer, open white space, flexibility, because we'll fill that in with the other stuff. But yes. You want this to be streamlined. Okay. So this was a big one for me. We'll move on to the next one in just a quick second, but I have to chime in here and say that now I finally do two to three tasks a day. And I feel so accomplished by the end of the day where before I started working with April and Eric, I felt like I am a big loser at the end of the day because I didn't get anything done, which wasn't true. Although I will say when I had like 10 to 15 things on my list, sometimes I didn't really get anything done because I looked at that list in the morning and I'm like, no, I can't, I can't even deal. I can't, I'm totally checked out. Well, so you I bring up a good point, Amy. I mean, it's that idea of thinking that our success is equated to a long list in front of us and working really hard and being really busy at that list. Yes. As opposed to, like you said, focusing on what are the three or four most essential things needing to be done that day and measuring success by results achieved. What did I was able to accomplish? What did I move forward? Because even if that's only three or four things, because you may have only gotten three or four things done on the list of 30, but you get to cross off all three or four on your list. And like, I'm 100% complete as opposed to I'm only 10% complete right. on the bigger list. And then you're wasting time rewriting that on the next day, feeling discouraged and depressed, right? It, yeah, it really comes down to mindset. Like how you feel at the end of the day actually is going to make a huge impact in how creative you are and how inspired yeah. you are to keep moving forward. So this is yeah, a big absolutely. one. Okay, so let's move on to the third one because you're saying don't put projects on this to-do today planner that you have going on, whether it be a sauna or a paper planner or whatever it is. So the third thing is a current project list. So your top three to five projects you're focused on in your business right now. Right, because most of us are working on 20 to 100 projects at the same time. And a project is just a multi-step task. So that could be anything from I'm getting passports to I'm getting Facebook ads set up to I'm updating slides for a webinar. I mean, you can have, honestly, 20 to 100 projects without even having to think about it. But what happens is when you ask most people, how are you feeling right now about your life? They feel like they're putting out fires all day. They're running around. They're never getting anything done. And on the webinars we do, we do a little survey and ask people, how many meltdowns have you had in the past <laughs> seven days? The answer, 90% always have had at least one. Wow. And that's, and of course, this is a self-selecting group that's coming to a productivity seminar. So, you know, you have to kind of, you know, fit for that. But here's the thing is that if we can simplify our list to maybe three to five projects that you are focusing on this month then you're going to be working towards those and getting those done. But then the question always comes, well, what do I do with the other 400 projects that I want to do? And you put them on a next in line list. So you've got like this super simple, specific list of, okay, here's what I'm working on. Here's my focus. If something else comes along that is more important or is more you know, urgent, I've got to do this one first. Fine. You put it on your current projects list, but you have to knock another one off. You're not going to just keep letting this grow. Perfect. Yeah, that a quick analogy, and I usually am speaking to, to females in most of the classes that we're doing, but I think this is an analogy that, that both males and females would appreciate. When you have 200 to 100 projects on your list at a time, let's, let's say it's 20, 
it's overwhelming. You're really not making much progress. And I kind of liken it to every one of your projects is a football. Let's say it's on the 20-yard line. And if you can only advance that ball with one play at a time, you have to move ball to ball to ball. Does that make sense? Right. You take a play and you move one ball or at five yards, then you move another ball two yards. If you're working on 20 balls at a time, they're making very slow progress. Whereas if you have three to five, we usually recommend the upper limit be about seven to eight projects at any one time during but the month. But that's including your family and personal. Right. That's not family, just work. personal, and yeah. business gotcha. type projects balanced out because seven or eight is really the maximum. And people are saying, well, I've got a whole bunch of others. Like trust us, focus on these seven or eight, get them across the goal line this month, and then come back and get the next seven or eight. You're going to score a lot more touchdowns. You're going to get a lot more projects completely done and producing what you wanted them to produce, working on this more limited scoped basis than if you try to take on the 20 or 30 at a time concurrently. Okay, I can get behind that. That definitely makes sense. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you wanna make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Which I think then leads us into the fourth piece of the puzzle here, which I think is going to account for some of those projects that you really want to put on the list, but you shouldn't put them on your top three to five, which is a context-based next actions list. 
Is that where actually I might be getting confused, but what if you have a project that you really want to put on this list, but it's just not now you can't put it there. Okay. So that's going to go on a next in line list for your current projects. Like a future project. Like a future project. So for example, I was showing people how you could do this within Asana. Let's say you have a list, you set up as what Asana calls a project. So it would say, here's Amy's current projects. You can have a section called, here's my current projects, the ones I'm working on right now. Then you can have another section of my next in line projects. So you can look at that sheet and say, okay, these three I'm doing this week, everything else is waiting down below. But then the context-based next actions list, that's going to help support the projects you're working on now. Okay. Gotcha. So just to clarify for everybody, a current project list, top three to five projects you're working on, you can also add another line item, the next in line stuff. But the fourth piece of the puzzle here is different than all of that. And it's a Mm context-based next action list for a lot of different things. So talk to me about this. Okay. So another common mistake that I made when I just used my regular planner is that on my list of 30 things I wanted to do that day were a jumble of contexts, meaning some things that needed to be done at school, some things at home, some were phone calls, some were errands, some were agenda items, you know, things I couldn't do alone. I actually had to talk with another person about. And so what happens is when you have all those contexts jumbled, you spend a lot of time looking at your list and trying to dissect it in the moment. So let's say you're out running errands And you actually have three errands on that list, but one's at the top, one's at the bottom, one's in the middle, and you kind of forget a couple of them. Yeah. That's what we want to prevent. So instead, what you do is you have one list. Now, I use paper for everything other than computer. I just have a paper list for, you know, home, phone, errands, and to discuss. I have paper for that. So those are her categories, guys. Home, what she needs to do at home, what phone calls she needs to make, what Mm -hmm. errands she needs to run, and things she needs to discuss with different people. And then the last one is computer. What does that mean, computer? So those are things you're going to do while you're on the computer. Now, I keep those in Asana because I have so many, you know, because I'm running. Give me an example of a few of those. So, I mean, it's anything from putting the new images for our new program to type up the testimonials to fix the affiliate link, right? Like all those just different tasks that need to be done on the computer. It wouldn't make sense for me to put those all on a paper list in my planner because I'm just going through them so quickly and they're typically just on the computer. But when you have this next actions list put together, and it could all be done if someone isn't working on a computer a lot, I would certainly just have it in one list. But now you've got this paper or digital list that's going to organize things by context. And so this is how it's so awesome. Let's say your kids are at school and you sit down at the computer. You're not wondering, ooh, what should I do? I'll just go get on social media. You're thinking, oh, here's my computer list. What's next in line? Okay, I'm going to spend 10 minutes on this. Now 15 minutes on this. And you're knocking it out of the park. Then you go pick up your child from piano lessons. You're like, hey, while we're out, I need to go drop off this book. I need to go pick up the dry cleaning. I need to do all this stuff. And you group your errands so you're not wasting time or money on gas. And then when Eric and I sit down, like let's say we're just busy for a whole week. We don't have a ton of time to talk. When we finally do sit down and we're in a good talking mood, we have our to discuss list where we can just say, oh, I needed to ask you about family pictures. I needed to ask you what you thought about this person we might be bringing on. And for some reason, her to discuss list is always way longer than mine. I don't understand (laughs) why. Isn't that funny how that works, Eric? I could think of 10 things I could tell Hobie right now that we need to talk about. And he could probably think of one. So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Now, I don't want to overcomplicate this because we've got some really good stuff still to cover, but I want to ask some questions that I think my audience might be thinking right now. And I know that on your webinar, and I'll tell people how to get on your free webinar if they're kind of liking this and they want to dive in deeper. I bet you get into some of this stuff, 
But tell me how your to-do today list that you've created, let's say in Asana, that mm-hmm. to-do today list of three to five things, how is that different than this context-based next action list? Okay, great question. So when you look at your to-do today list, all of those things, which should be just a few, like, right, just two or three maybe, those are all going to be done before you go to bed tonight. They have to be done for sure. The next actions list organized by those contexts of home, phone, errands to discuss, computer, those are options. And those are for the whole week. So at the beginning of the week, you put together this next actions list and they're just options like, hey, I should get my boy's haircut sometime this week. I'll stick it on my errands list. Or yeah, someday this week, I need to actually give this person a phone call. I'm going to put it on my phone call list. Or I got this weird bill in the mail. The insurance processed it wrong. I've got to call the insurance company. I'll stick this on my phone call list, but it doesn't have to be done Monday or Tuesday or something like that. But then what happens is like, let's say the three things in Asana that you have to do today are all computer tasks, but you're out running errands right now because you needed groceries and you need to do a couple things. You're not going to be working on those have to do today items because you're out running errands. But as long as you're out, you might as well look at your week's options list, this choice list, and just run those errands as long as you're there. And then when you get home, you dive right back into the things that you have to do. Gotcha. Now, what I think with this context-based next actions list is that this is what's eliminating a lot of the post-it notes. So coming back to my post-it note junkies, and I know I have a lot of them here, this is how you eliminate it and you put it in categories. This is something that I've just gotten used to using on a regular basis. That's why I wanted April to clarify that because I was confused about that in the beginning. Now it's way clearer to me now that I've done it. But once you sit down and start doing this stuff, it all kind of makes sense. If I could actually just backtrack just for a minute or two, just make sure everyone's on board. Because I think when I first learned about this kind of stuff, the way April was doing it, it was new to me. And just maybe give kind of a framework of how these three different kind of lists connect together. So first, a little while ago, we talked about this whole idea of getting all of your projects written down somewhere, right? These are all of your future projects. We found that it's helpful to just grab a couple sheets of paper, a digital note app, whatever you want, and just get all of those projects out of your head and written down somewhere. These are the 100 to two to 300 projects that are out there. And that it's going to feel a little overwhelming at first to a lot of people because we've been building these lists of projects we eventually mean to get to someday. We've been building them for years and decades. Yeah, they're sitting in your head. So they're literally probably about 300 projects, like multi-step projects. And you're going to look at that list and feel a little overwhelmed at first. But then something cool is going to happen. You're going to relax because you're going to realize for the first time in your life, all the projects that have been swirling around in your head are written down and recorded somewhere. You're not going to forget them. So that's where you start. You take that and then you say, okay, this month, what are the three to five or the seven to eight projects I want to make current projects that I'm working on and advancing, getting across the finish line this month. And then what I like to do with that, once I've got my seven or eight projects, I'll just take a quick moment and I'll brainstorm under a heading for each, what are the different action steps that I think need to happen? This is where your next actions are going to come from. And I kind of compare those seven or eight current projects I picked for the month to Pez dispensers, right? (laughs) This might sound crazy, but everyone can relate to a Pez dispenser. And each project is its own Pez dispenser. When you figure out what the truly next actions are to get that project done, it's like loading the grape, the lemon, the strawberry candy into the Pez dispenser. And then you take one or two of those pieces of candy from each project, and those are the next actions you're going to work on in this context-based list. You're going to take just one or two at a time and put it in its appropriate context. And then as you go through your day, you're knocking stuff out. But as you're knocking it out, it ties back to these different projects you've said are important to you that month. And that's the way it's almost a seamless way to get these seven or eight projects across the goal line each month. 
and then be able the next month to come back to that master list of 300 and pick your next seven to eight. And our promise to people is, is over the course of a year or two, that master list disappears. And now all the projects you pick are the ones that mean the most to you, the things you really want to work on and focus on, as opposed to things that have been niggling and been weighing on you for years. Niggling. Is that a word in the dictionary? <laughs> I think it is. I'll look it up and I'll let you know for Please sure. Please do. I, think it is. <laughs> I love overall what I think this does is it gives you some breathing room and some white space in your head where everything used to feel so jumbled. And like you said, just a second ago, you get really clear on what matters and it takes a little while to start clearing through some of that clutter, but it becomes very clear the priorities and what matters most to you. So I'm so glad you, you kind of explained that a little bit more in depth. So people really understand the importance here. Yeah. And I know it probably seems weird that this has anything to do with email, but until you have, (laughs) until you have a system set, the emails are just going to go everywhere. So, okay. Yeah. And what I said in the intro was that I didn't understand why you were taking so long to get into my inbox when you came to my house. Like, (laughs) wait a second, we're wasting a lot of time, lady. Like I've got thousands of emails that we need to talk about, but that was such a tiny piece. Once I had my command central all set up. So I'm really glad we kind of went through this, but I I definitely mentioned that in the intro just to kind of warn people like, this is going to be a little bit different than you thought. We're setting a foundation first, which I love. Absolutely. Okay. So I know to make this all work, you have a few rules to follow when it does come to email. So when you finally get to the point that we are going to tackle the inbox, once you've got that in place, there's some rules we got to follow. And I definitely follow these rules. So will you kind of go through them with us? There are three of them that I really stick with me. Yes. Okay. So first rule is only check your email at designated times throughout the day. So hard. So you want to think of it like not just this ongoing, I just sit there with my email inbox open and anytime email comes, I just jump at it and do whatever it asks me to do. Cause right. that's a surefire recipe for just feeling tired at the end of the day. Well, I think over the past one or two decades, we've been trained in a corporate setting to say, you need to be always accessible, always on, always responsive. Yeah. And it's developing this essential mindset that I'm going to only do it a couple times a day. Like Amy said, it's so hard. Yeah, it is hard, but they have, there's a lot of different ways you can do this. I mean, David Allen suggests you think of email checking as your commute to work and your commute home from work. So you're going to kind of get into your email a little bit. And some people say, don't check it at all until noon. I mean, whatever works for you is great. But I think if you at least have some sort of rule or using something like inbox pause or totally just shut down your email. I mean, this is just a simple strategy that if you can figure out how to discipline yourself with this or how to have the emails only delivered to your inbox, every few hours, inbox pause can do that with Gmail. That's something that's super helpful. So that's number one. Perfect. Number two is that when you do check your email, you're going to process everything in the inbox and leave nothing there. So what I used to do is I would open an email, I'd read it and say, oh, I need to do something with that. And then I would leave it in my inbox. Then I'd go to the next one. Oh, I actually need to do something with that too. Let me get back to that later. And then what you have at the end are a whole bunch of emails, some marked red, some unread. There's things buried. And one time when I finally cleaned out my inbox, I found an email from a dear friend that was a year old and Uh, she'd written me this beautiful letter. uh, (laughs) It was a whole year before I got back to her. The great part is I finally emailed her back and then she never emailed me back. So I still haven't gotten in touch with her. Oh gosh. (laughs) But the thing is that we want to now, we're going to process it. We're going to talk about how you process it using what we just established with this command central. 
but that's going to make a big difference. So just knowing when I open it, I'm processing. Nothing's staying in the inbox. And then number three, we're going to use that two-minute rule. This is something you've probably heard before where if you can just respond to it, answer it, take care of it in two minutes or less, you just do it. You don't wait for it. And so typically when I open my inbox, like right now I'm sure I have probably 40 emails that have just come in the last couple hours that I haven't been online. I'm just going to go through each one, handle whatever I can, and then we'll talk more about what we do the rest that you can't handle right then. But the two-minute rule is huge. Yeah, that's a big one for me. I, I loved that. I loved all these rules. I'm a rules kind of girl, so give me some rules. And, I, <laughs> and if I believe in them, I can definitely follow. And they've made a huge difference. I can't even believe that I can say I'm still at inbox zero all this time later. I actually thought you were crazy when you said it would happen. So one thing that we're not going to get into in detail here, but basically we went into my inbox and I archived a bunch of things. Like I didn't go through every single thing, archived a bunch of things, which definitely helped me get through it a lot faster. Yeah. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the folders. Okay. Because are going to want three folders to start with. But yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Sure. So let's just jump into it. Talk to me about these three folders. So some people use tons of folders. There's a lot of different ways to do this. And I've actually taught this different ways in the past. But when I came and worked with you, and as I've been working with other business professionals, I found that these three folders are like the minimum. And we're talking about folders inside your email inbox. Right. So if you're doing Yahoo or Hotmail or something like that, you can create folders. If you're using Gmail, they call them labels. It's the same thing. It's just some ability to give it a name and have it out of your inbox. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So... The three folders that we suggest, one of them, I call it at immediate action. That means these emails will take longer than two minutes. I can't do it right now. But does it make sense to extract the task and put it into Asana or into a next actions list? I just need to get to it probably sometime today or at least by the end of the week, this immediate action folder is at zero. So I zero mine out every week. But this is the one folder before I go to bed each night. I check it to make sure everything that really needed my attention was done. Does that sound good? Yep. Okay. Number two is at Tickler. Now, the Tickler file that's described in David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, is actually 43 folders. It was one through 31 to count for the days of the month and then 12 folders for the months. And you would actually mail yourself things that you wanted. So if you wanted something February 28th, then you would stick it in the February you know, 28th folder and it would come to you. Your assistant would put it on your desk. Well, now that we don't have paper as much and we're working much more from email and digital files, a tickler folder is just where you're going to put any really task specific or calendar specific email where the task itself or the event itself is already in your system. It's already on your calendar. It's already in a task list, but you may want to reference this. So you could also just think of this as a reference folder, but I'll give you some examples in a minute. But these are, could be things like, let's say I, I register for a webinar and they send me an email that has my login link. Well, usually where do you put that? You just kind of leave it there. Well, I'm going to need it in a couple of days or some, or you file it or something like that. But if you can just stick it in at Tickler and make sure that the webinar is on your calendar, then when the time comes, if you need that link, you can just go find it. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Okay. And then the third one is just called at to sort. And I, the reason I love this is because as you're processing your inbox, you're going to go through and process probably about the last 30 days worth. I think that's what you and I did together. Right. We went through your email. We went through the past 30 days, or at least you scanned through the past 30 days. If we didn't want to open each one individually, you at least scanned it, kind of checked and made sure that nothing really needed your attention. Then all the other thousands of emails, we just moved to to sort. And what this does for your mind is it says, 
these are the emails I haven't yet processed. They're in a safe place, but I will probably never see them again. (laughs) Or I could just search them if I needed. So when I did my, I put about 3,600 emails into an at to sort file and I've never had to go back to it. I mean, I can open it right now and look at it, but it's nothing that I really needed. And so that's just going to clear your inbox out because if you haven't needed it in the past 30 days, chances are. Yeah, I was wondering when she had the system kind of did this with me about three years ago. That was the biggest thing I was like struggling with. It's like, well, wait, it's like if people haven't contacted you or something hasn't happened with the, the emails from before 30 days, 31 days or more, it's probably not going to be necessary. They'll probably email you again if it's really urgent. And so being able to move and we've this process she's used, we've helped people. I mean, I had about 10,000 I moved into my to sort yeah. folder. Wow. We've, and she's helped people with up to six digits of emails. We have a contest. How many emails? Yeah, you have? <laughs> What's the high number on the call? Today? No one's judging you. Oh, it's that's amazing. funny. People are trying to work on a daily basis, pounding through an email account that's showing you 30, 40, 50,000 emails that, again, those are all weighing on your mind. And when yeah. you can get those out and you can have that kind of open space, like you've seen, Amy, in your inbox, you know, I can work on these 10 things and move a couple to immediate action, put a couple in reference and I'm done. Okay. So now that you went over these different folders, can you give me some examples of emails and how you would sort them? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So let's start with a really simple one. Let's say you get an email from a potential affiliate and they say, Hey, I'm really interested in your program. I really like to promote it. Now this is an affiliate you would love to work with. So you first, you you need to get that person set up with access to your program. And let's say you want to write a really thoughtful email in response, but this is going to take more than two minutes because you've got to figure that out, get it all set up. So what you could do is you just put that email into your at immediate action folder, because maybe the entire thing will take five to six minutes. So it's not a big enough task that you need to put it as a project or put it into a sauna or add it to one of your lists, but you don't want it sitting in your inbox as your reminder. So you just put it into at immediate action. You're going to try to get through it during the day, especially towards the end of the day as you're kind of cleaning up your emails. But the you know worst comes to worst, by the end of the week, your immediate action folder is at zero. So you'll for sure get to it within a week and your mind can rest. Great. Okay. Number two. Client sends you an email with a bunch of information that he wants to discuss when you meet. And then he says, I want you to call me Friday at three. Now, usually if you have an email like this, you think, okay, I'll just leave it in my email inbox. And then on Friday, I'll remember to call because I'll be looking at my email inbox. But what typically happens is then your email inbox turns into this super long task list. And that email is going to be sitting there all week looking at you. And you're going to have to keep thinking about it over and over again. So what you do is you first just go to your calendar. You're going to say call at three o'clock and maybe reference the email. And usually what I do is I put a little T in parentheses if I'm on a digital calendar. And that means it's in my tickler. Then I just move the email to my tickler. And I sometimes even put the date of the email or the name of the person or the subject line or something, because what I want to happen is when I get on my calendar and it's three o'clock on Friday, I make the phone call and then I see there's a T, I immediately just open my tickler file on my email and the whole thing is right there. I'm never searching, I'm not losing it. And you're just sharp and you're on the ball. I like that. I definitely use that one. I like it a lot. All right. Number three is let's say that you see an email coming through 
That's asking for guest post to a site you adore. And you think, oh, I don't want to miss this. I definitely want to submit this guest post. I totally want to do it. This is, again, one of those things you would just leave in your email inbox because you don't want to forget about it. But you really don't need to be looking at it all the time. So instead, what you do is you think, all right, well, when would I want to actually send this in? Or when do I at least need to think about it and plan it? Let's say you, you think, oh, I could just do that maybe next Wednesday. That's after I've got some project work done. I'll have a little more breathing space on Wednesday. I would just go into Asana and say, you know, start planning this guest post submission and put the date that's going to trigger on Wednesday. And then I reference the tickler, little parentheses with a T, and put that email into the tickler. So now it's out of my inbox. It's ready. And next Wednesday, when I'm actually brainstorming the guest post, I can just pull it up and see any parameters or whatever that was included there. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Number four. Let's say you get an email from a friend saying she just switched to Samcart, which we actually just did. And on your recommendation, isn't it awesome. fantastic? Oh my gosh, I love it. I love so, Samcart too. So let's say you just heard me and Amy talking about how much we love Samcart, and you're really excited. And you think, "Ooh, I actually need to upgrade because I'm losing all kinds of sales. My shopping cart's not working. I really need help." So let's say you decide you want that to be one of your current projects. You could just go take that, put it on your current projects list. Now, again, if you already have seven or eight, you've got to bump one of them off onto the next in line list. So now this is going to be your priority because it's directly related to your sales. It's going to help you right away. And then that email that came from your friend, you could just delete or archive because you don't need to reference it again. Now you've got this on your current projects list. You're going to be reviewing this during your weekly review and you'll be moving this forward. Does that sound good? Yep. All right. And then just a final one. Let's say that you've hired someone to manage your Facebook ads. And he says, hey, can you just call me whenever you get a second this week? So it's one of those phone calls that you're like, yeah, I need to make a phone call, but it's not really urgent. Things are actually going pretty well with the ads. I just need to call sometime this week when I have time. You can just go ahead and put that on your phone calls list of your next actions. It's context-based next actions. And then you can delete or archive that email because now during that week, when you're making phone calls, you'll just see that email or you'll see that that note to call. But now let's say you are you really want to be sure you call by Thursday because maybe you're going out of town Friday or there's a conference coming up or something like that. Then on your calendar for Thursday, you make a little trigger, a little reminder that says, hey, have I called my Facebook ads guy yet? And all that is is just reminding you because things on your next actions list the context-based list, these are not calendar specific. And so they're nothing you have to stress or worry about. But if you know that every single day you're waking up, you're looking at your calendar, you're keeping up with at least what's on your calendar, then having a calendar trigger enables your mind to rest. And really that's the whole goal is that every single email and every task, you need to be able to say, when am I going to review it? When am I going to do it? And you want to feel really, really confident that nothing's going to slip through the cracks. Oh my gosh. So good. I love this. She's like an email ninja. I hope someday to become <laughs> as good at email injury as she is. <laughs> Me too. Does work. It's fun to watch her because literally she's processing through a lot of emails every day, as I'm sure you are. But to be able to say we can get to email zero and our minds can be clear. One of my favorite things that she kind of mentions in one of our classes is that she wants to be able to go to bed content and wake up excited. When you feel like you have so many things hanging over you, it's hard to wake up excited. But when you know you can wake up and review just a couple of lists and a calendar quickly to see what has to be done that day, it takes a lot of the stress off. So yeah, she's she's quite a ninja at this stuff. <laughs> she really is. And one thing I noticed as we went through the podcast episode is this stuff is so important, so very good, but I feel like it's even easier to follow and dive into deeper on a webinar. And that's why I was excited when I asked you guys to come on. I thought you also have a webinar because I want people to kind of see it and 
you know, really get into it and realize how they can process it in their own business and webinars. I'm partial, but webinars kind of bring this all to life. So I know you guys have an amazing training on this. So tell me all about it. Yes. Okay. So it's called four unbelievably simple steps to double your productivity. And the idea is that you're going to come in and this is workshop style because something feels overwhelming in your life, most likely. And if you're procrastinating anything, it's probably because you haven't set up that current projects list or you haven't identified the next actions, or maybe you want to learn how to create these context-based to-do lists and learn how to work from this framework every day. So we make it really visual for you. We're actually showing you examples, talking about how you would set up your system, how you would solve these problems you're having. Maybe you want to spend more time with your family. Maybe you want to stop being in your email all day. Maybe you're procrastinating building your business or launching your podcast or whatever it is you're doing because it just feels big to you. And so what's exciting is that when we have people come onto our class, then we actually get to talk about how they're going to do it with our specific projects. You get to feel the momentum of the group and we walk you through how it actually looks, showing you photos of our system, photos of what other people's lists look like. Because I think that it's super helpful. You can talk about it on a podcast. It's kind of hard to explain everything on a podcast. <laughs> right. But when you actually can see a list and see how people are doing it and you think, oh, that's not that hard. All of a sudden it feels totally doable. Yeah, one of our requirements on the webinar is you actually have to come in willing to have a really good time. We actually make this fun. If you're not like April, we're like organizing and productivity is like just your passion. You, like you never ditch school. When you- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we come in, we actually have it where it's very much workshop-based, hands-on. We tell a number of stories and just connect with our, our community there that comes in each webinar. It's a lot of fun. So we actually want to make this in- engaging, interactive, and fun. But the, like April said, the, probably the most valuable part is when you get to step back and realize as we build a system, we're not built becoming more productive for productivity's sake. We're becoming more effective and productive. So the things that have to be done to keep our lives, our homes, our work in order, we can do those things more effectively and in less time so that it frees up more time and space and margin in our lives to really focus on the projects or really the causes, the missions, the purposes that we really feel like we want to devote time to. And to me, that's my very favorite part of the webinars each time we do them is to connect with these people on a one-to-one level in the text chat and the community there that's online during that hour and really hear if they had more margin and space and they have a chance right there on that call to think about it, what would they do? And you can just start seeing people's dreams and ideas and hopes just kind of come out. And that's the part that's fun to see their stories and then follow up with them in the weeks and months ahead to hear what's really happening in their lives in those veins. Well, and I think it's really helpful just to know you're not alone. If you feel overwhelmed every day, or if you feel like you're just juggling too many balls, or you feel like you're not able to move forward on the things that matter to you, because it's a being an entrepreneur or trying to build a business online, there are a lot of components to it, and it can easily feel overwhelming. And, you know, Eric and I work here from home. We've got our four kids here. We're juggling a whole lot of activities. But what we found is that this process that we explain is really replicable. It's totally doable. You can get yourself set up. The whole system, getting it up and running, can be done in just a couple of weeks. Or if I come to someone's home, it can be done in a few hours or a couple of days if we just you know, we're diving into everything, but it's really exciting. So I think you have the URL set up at amyporterfield.com slash step. Yep. So amyporterfield.com forward slash step, S-T-E-P. And guys, it's totally worth it. This is the stuff that matters most. If you want to get more creative, more inspired in your business, you want more time for the fun things that you love to work on. Well, let's get the foundation set up. Let's get the command central set up 
And then you, my friend, are off to the races. So that's why I wanted to share this all with you. I've had a personal impact from April and Eric. I love everything I've learned from them, and I'd love for you to learn from them as well. So guys, thank you so very much for being here. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, and I'm so glad I got to introduce you to my audience. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so it's much, wonderful. Amy. It's been wonderful to get to know you and them as well. So thanks for the time. Thanks again. Take care. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this mini training as much as I have. April and Eric are just so delightful to talk to and learn from. So definitely, if you're curious about getting your command central in order, go check out their training. Really worth your time. Thank you so very much for being here with me. I cannot wait to jump on the podcast next week with you as well. So I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 